Hello and welcome to Relationship Rescue, the podcast. Every relationship begins with you. And today is fabulous. Fabulous. But I, you know what? I always think every podcast is fabulous because it is because why I'm sharing life-changing information with you. And when somebody shares life-changing information with you that has actually changed their life and thousands of people's lives all over the world, thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands, not all that have touched me, but many have touched with me these concepts, these strategies, these methodologies um, that, you know, that the pioneers before me were so kindly to um, process and write down. <laughs> Thank you to every one of them. I am more grateful for the psychologists, the personal development, the spiritual development, and the brain science teachers of this world than you can imagine. And I'm talking about even the philosophers that go back into the 17th century. They discovered things that back then that today help us. So today, guess what we're talking about? How can we tell? whether an issue that's troubling us in an adult relationship is present is a present day issue or is it a carryover from the past is it a reaction to a latent guess what self-limiting core belief that we came to believe throughout our existence and experiences and the things we heard and were told up until today and yes most of it happens in your childhood family tribe and the peers, the bullies, the teachers, the coaches, right? So how can you tell? How do you know? You know, so um, you have to have mindful self-examination, basically, right? So um, if you had a mother that was so absorbed and contaminated your experience of women, what chance do you have to see a woman for who she really is? I'm asking you <laughs> if your mother was overbearing if your mother um, was emotionally disconnected then I'm talking to the men now right now um, if your mother um, allowed you to be abused if your mother allowed herself to be abused and you couldn't save her the guilt and shame would be real also all of these things um, it will contaminate your thoughts about women. It will, in some way. You can heal through it, but when you are in a relationship, you will react to certain things in a certain way based on your reactions as a child, as a teenager, how you reacted in those moments when your mother was a disappointment to you. Um, see, so if you feel this familiar panic, if you experience an anger that surprises you or you react with more intensity, you know, than fits the circumstances and you don't know why. So if you act disproportionately to a um, situation, then you can basically surmise that, you know what, you're not really seeing your partner's face, but your mother's face. Now, this goes along with anybody, right? I'm just using this one example. It's the same with the father. I had massive abandonment issues. 
all of my contamination, all of my limiting beliefs came from my dad. Every anger reaction was my, my anger at my father. So let me explain. Um, I have never had a male doctor. I refused. When I was giving birth to my children, I did not want my husband to touch me. Do not help me. I literally was like, get out of this room. But I wanted, um, but when the nurse would walk in, I would hug her and grab her and ask her, how much longer? Please, please, please tell me how much longer. I need you. I need you. My reactions to women were completely different than to men. Completely. Hmm. Interesting, huh? So ponder that for a minute, okay? Um, so it really becomes clear when you, you know, feel more uncomfortable and you hold on to the pain longer than it fits the situation. So it's basically when you can't let go of the anger, the sadness, the whatever it is, the resentment, that's going to be a past belief, okay? So only, you know, the issues that carry the weight of um, an unresolved, abusive, or still resented past accounts for the overreaction. But yet, here's the thing. Now, now, this is key. Is it an overreaction? It's not, because guess what? Your inner child is responding to a trauma from the past that still smolders. It's still smoking. It's still hot. It's still piping hot in your body. That fire has not been extinguished. You have not extinguished it. And so since it's still burning in you, and you haven't called the fire truck and said, get over here with your freaking hose, man, and fucking put this shit out. It is going to light up when you are triggered. And it's not an overreaction because it's still within. So all of this experience at moments of what? Feeling powerless. You know, we feel scared, trapped, compelled, and out of control. And we're hearing, what we're doing is we're hearing the voice of the inner child calling for our attention in our adult intercession and saying, hey, come on, for fuck's sake, help me over here. When are you going to show up for me? I showed up for you. I showed up for you when I was 10 years old and you were crying. And, and you know what? And I had to get up every day in the face of adversity and face the, our abuser. I faced him, Heather. Heather, I faced him down when we couldn't bear to watch him beating the stepmother and the stepsister who you came to hate because of the situation they put you in. I showed up for us then. I showed up for us, Heather, when you swallowed a bottle of Advil and Tylenol at 15 because you wanted to kill your dad. You were so d distraught. You didn't know what to do anymore because after another pig fest in your kitchen and you walked down and there he is laying on the floor and, you know, passed out and, and all of the alcohol and the food he had eaten all night and you picked up that chair and said, drop it on him, drop it on him. I showed up for you. I showed up for you when you said, tell them you just swallowed a bottle of pills because we're not ready to die. You're just, I showed up for you. I showed up for you every single time something went wrong. When are you going to show up for me? And when you don't show up for that inner child, that inner child throws a tantrum, reacts, and, and, and will um, demand to be seen and heard because she has or he has never been seen or heard. Do you comprehend this? 
Do you see what you're fighting? You can't fight that child until you acknowledge her or him and give them love. Unconditional love that they did not receive from the parents, the parent, the caregivers, the people at school, whoever that was supposed to give that to them. And you're still neglecting them. You're still rejecting them. So that rejected, neglected, angry, resentful, sad, lonely child keeps showing up with demands. And it keeps, and she or he keeps sabotaging your life and you refuse to look in the mirror and go fix it. What is, what are you waiting for? I don't understand. I mean, like, I do, I do understand that. Let me take that back. I do understand it. I do understand how hard it is to come to the place where I, to say enough. And I've said it hundreds of times. And I think this is my 91st episode. And if most, I'm sure that in 91 episodes, I've said it every time. Change does not happen until it's harder to stay the same. So is it harder to stay the same yet? Is it harder that you might wake up at 85 years old one day on a deathbed or 90 or 95 and go, shit, I wasted my entire life in anger, resentment, and it career I hated, hating my partner, my spouse, doing mean things that I shouldn't have done. I don't know what I, I can tell you that it's never too late. That is what I can tell you. The inner child does not know how to make her or his case directly. So guess what they do? They stammer the message through difficult acts and pitifully awkward feelings. Once you can understand this consciously, you can automatically start to become more adult and more compassionate towards yourself. But you have to heal. And then you want to ask me, what's healing? Healing is facing your past, looking at it, pulling it apart. But not for long. When I work with my clients, I spend one session on their past. That's it. Because I need to show them certain things. I need them to put the pen to paper and then I dissect it and I help them. And we then can pull out beliefs that are stopping them. We can then move into forgiveness and letting it go and showing up for the inner child. I have to teach you how to inner dialogue with your inner child. I have to teach you so many things. And it's all related around psychology, personal development, spiritual development, and the brain science. I have to create new neural pathways. It's not easy. And I love my social media accounts. I love them. But please stop asking me these, this question of how can I do it? I give so much free information away. It is unbelievable. And unfortunately, no, you will not be able to heal yourself. Unless you're on a different healing journey, my information will help. It, my information brings awareness. I cannot help you in a comment. I can help guide you. And I, and I love answering questions, by the way. I do. But the question that says, well, how do I do this? Can I give you seven years of work in five sentences? No. No. Can you do it on your own? Yes, absolutely. You can take everything and you can go search all million words and you can read all the books I did and or find your own and everything. Yes. You can take pieces here and there. Yes. You can go to other people and take, yes. Just do something. Something, because your life is being sabotaged. Your relationships are being ruined. Marriages do not need to be where they're at, but most marriage contracts are made by two inner children, and that is the truth, right? So, reasoned adult behavior at work, okay, 
And then childish, out-of-control behavior at home with your partner points to the difference between the powers of the present and the past that ignite you. So if you, do you know how many of my clients, and this is the truth, and I'm talking from CEOs, founders of huge companies, Fortune 500 companies, you, and people that just all over the world, you know, and, you know, nurses, doctors, lawyers that I work with, all of these people, guess what? At work, adults, beyond adults, 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 they get home, inner child comes out. How can that be? How can that be? Well, because guess what? Your first relationships where you've caught, the pain was caused was in the primary relationship with your parents. And the closest thing to match that relationship is a partner, is your romantic relationship. So you're replaying it, okay? So, so when the fires of the past flare up, you know, we treat these issues and conflicts compulsively. And, and, and basically, they're obstructing the opportunity for compromise, for negotiation. You know, um, we usually are very blind to the connections to the past because you don't know this information, right? So our rational mind fools us into believing that the transaction is here and now fact when actually it is an artifact from your past, okay? It's evoking grief and it's asking for completion. It's asking for you to heal it. It's asking for you to complete this. So, but what happens is this, processing grief, which it is, it, it will make you feel isolated. It's, a, it's your toughest task in life. So we, what do we do? What do we do? We try to avoid, avoid, avoid by configuring past losses as present inconveniences, right? So as long as we think our easiest has to do with our partner and the here and now, we do not have to face our old grief. So if we can blame it on our partner, we then don't have to face our past. And it's bullshit. You know, traumatic memories, okay? They're always present, but they're never known. And they reside in your body, but not in your conscious mind. It is all subconscious. So some of us are programmed to feel like this obligation to suffer abuse and to believe the, you know, the uh, deceptive brain messages, which now they're stored in our cells and they come up as automatic reactions that pilot our behavior, right? They're in the control driver's seat. They're the pilot of our behavior. So let's say that you have been held down um, in a sexually abusive or suffocating way, okay? Now, if somebody touches you, hugs you, you automatically tense up. What if you feel the pain of abandonment? That was me. Well, as adults, when we're kept waiting by the person who's supposed to pick us up at the airport, guess what happens? Well, that childhood belief that we cannot do anything right might come up that people abandon us, that they leave us. And by the time the person gets to the airport, you are in a tizzy. You are angry. You are sad. You are whatever you are. Then you're going to react. What if um, the childhood belief comes up um, that you can't do anything right? Well, guess what? Divorce? Oh, boy, that's going to haunt you. It's going to haunt you. And you cannot avoid the belief. It's a cellular reflex. Okay, and it cannot be stopped any more than you can stop your mind from thinking when you, if I ask you what's seven times seven, you're not, you can't stop it from, from saying 49, what's five times five, 25, you can't stop that re response, you can't stop that reaction to that belief either. So, 
it's very actually frightening and humbling to understand that, you know what, our, our recollections from the past that are buried in that subconscious mind were a lifetime ago. And we're never through with the past until we're through with the past, right? Um, and so when your past is in your present, those emotional wounds will sabotage your relationships. When your past is in the present, those emotional wounds will sabotage your relationships. You know, and then there are times where sometimes, guess what? It doesn't have anything to do with um, childhood traumas, right? Like in, in, where you're, you're blaming your partner. You know, you might just be an introvert and you're married to an extrovert or an extrovert is married to an introvert. What's an extrovert? It's an animated person, an intro, you know, who um, loves being in the company of others. An introvert is depleted by it. An extrovert wants to socialize. An introvert avoids socializing. An extrovert is in danger of burning out. An, in, an introvert is in danger of isolation. An extrovert gives priority to immediate experience. An introvert gives priority to um, understanding over experience. So, so for an introvert, their inner alarm of physical sensation urgently warns, I have to get out of here. But for an extrovert, the inner alarm blares, I have to be with someone. And both of these reactions may feel compulsive to the person experiencing them, right? So in the relationship, these opposing styles can lead to massive conflict. I'm an expert, you're an introvert. I jump in without looking and you see this as foolish. You look and first and pause and this feels to me like you're timid and lack spontaneity. So when I feel bad, I seek people out. When you feel bad, you want to be alone. I believe you're rejecting me and you believe I'm invading your privacy. I want you to go, you want me to stay. I come home to talk, you come home to get away. I welcome questions and appreciate them as a sign of interest and you resent the questions and find them intrusive. I reveal, reveal myself, I reveal my wishes easily. You see this as superficial or dangerous. You keep things to yourself. I see this as secretive as a sign you don't trust me. I need to keep talking to clarify my thoughts. You do not think well on your feet, right? But you require long, silent, cogs, you know, uh, cognitive um, processing. Well, guess what? I'm going to ask directions if I'm in a strange town. I'm just going to say, pull over. I'm going to ask them for directions. Well, you're going to look to find up, map your way. You and I would not get along if you're an introvert and I'm an extrovert as partners. I would drive you nuts. You would absolutely drive me insane. Doesn't make you wrong. It doesn't make me right at all. It means I would not be with an introvert. I could not. It would be nearly impossible. And that has nothing to do with my childhood beliefs. It has to do with I am me. And this is the way I am. I am 100% going to pull over and say to a stranger, hey, can you please tell me where this is? I will not people please. I, I, and I want to talk about it, right? And that's not, that, that's who I am. And that's a lot of my innate qualities. See, when, and this goes back to how do children behave and, and respond to their environment. Why do two or three siblings grow up in the same environment but react completely differently? A lot of it is because who they are innately. I was innately a go-getter, a firecracker. From the moment I could speak, and I spoke early according to everybody, I was giving orders. I was, you know, my mother before she died when I was three, everybody tells me laughed the hell, just loved it because my sister was so introverted and I was so extroverted. And she was fascinated by me because my sister was, did not speak. 
at all, barely, right? She was so introverted. And guess what? Our reactions to our father were completely different. So me being extroverted, it doesn't have anything to do with if I was with a partner that is introverted. That is an example of not having, um, uh, you know, who you're with based on your, you know, your childhood wounds and, and, you know, whether your reactions are, you know, this. So, um, so can, can an introvert and an extrovert be together? Yeah. See, here's the thing though. A lot of introverts have learned that anger is the only way to get people away from them. So they, they look grumpy. They look very grumpy. Well, to an extrovert, um, guess what? That is rejection to them. Now, this is where it could come up, okay? So if I'm with an introvert and they're being grumpy towards me and they're pushing me away and I have rejection issues from childhood, which I did, which would feel like abandonment, then yes, guess what? I might will react if I have an unhealed childhood past and my inner child will come out. Do you see how this makes sense? So technically, if I'm a healthy healed person and I'm with an introvert, I would be able to not take their, um, their behavior personally if I chose to be with them, which I wouldn't, by the way. But if I chose to be with an introvert, I wouldn't take it personally. Because I would understand that it's not, they're not rejecting me. They're not abandoning me. This is who they are and this is what they need. But I need somebody that's equal like me. I want to go out. I want to talk to people. But I also want to, I'm also introverted at times and I need my quiet, right? And I need to be somebody pretty much like that. Sorry, that's my deal. I have to do that. I have to be with somebody like that and I won't compromise on it. But if I fell in love with an introvert, I would understand them and I would not take it personally and I would not react from my inner child because she is healed and I wouldn't then I would know okay she's being grumpy she's watching TV she just or um you know she needs some time or he, he obviously would be a he but needs some time to just have their space right so um that's how this works so if you're an extrovert and you're married to an introvert, you may have to realize that your partner needs to be alone. And it's, it's it, that need is stronger than needing to be with somebody. See, an introvert is very well trained in self-reliance and less trained in co cooperation. And they may feel guilty about this and about their time alone. Okay? So, um... They have a... a, a um, gifts that 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 basically um they know how to go within they they know how to shut things out and shut things down right because they're easily misunderstood and sometimes they might find it necessary to explain themselves and their behavior but that makes them even feel like more of an outsider so then they might feel the need to pull back right so they would have to also learn how to deal with the extrovert and um, because most of the time, most of their life, an introvert has had to fight to, you know, for the right to be themselves. And so when the partner needs him, him or her to be other than they are, they'll be, you know, they'll feel pressure to be false in order to be loved. And this will break the relationship down. 
you know, an introvert may feel so lonely or afraid of being lonely that they learn to act like an extrovert in order to obtain approval, right? But basically, what are they doing? They're putting on a mask, a false um, extroverted mask. So part of working, you know, to become healthy in this situation is knowing, you know, our authentic psychological type and then making choices that are, you know, um, consistent and um, consonant with it, right? So if we're introverts, frigid, what do we do? We want, we need a job that does not require us to work with the public all day. That's for sure. If we need time, if we can't think on our th feet, we need to ask for time to make a decision or an opinion. It's finding basically a balance between the introvert and the extrovert. What can work for both of them? They need to learn how to understand each other. But if you have an unhealed inner child, the introvert will trigger the hell out of the extrovert and vice versa. Okay? So, um... So if introverts and extroverts, right, are, are, are tailored, um, how do I say this, to um, respond to daily life differently, well, guess what? They also need to be loved in diverse ways. So, um, an you know, if you are in love with an extrovert, take frequent notice of them and an active interest in what they're doing. If you're in love with an introvert, they like to show, um, show some awareness and loyalty that they will not interpret as like um, scrutiny or intrusion, you know. Validate the, um, the introvert without um, needing, without them needing distance, without them taking it as rejection, you know. Um, if you're in love with an extrovert, show that you're on their side. You know, and there's all these different ways, you know, basically, um, you have to understand that we are all coming together in a romantic partnership is difficult because of our different backgrounds, our diverse backgrounds, the childhood wounded, who's healed, who has not, who is, what innate qualities do you have, what innate qualities do you not have, all of those things. It's not easy. So that's it for today. Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Rescue, the podcast. Every relationship begins with you. If you are ready to heal that relationship or yourself, click the link in here, these things, uh, in the buddy or the notes, whatever they're called, and you can set up a clarity call, a free clarity call. Have a great day, evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are. I love you, and I'm sending you much love and peace. Bye-bye. Until next time.